When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to do what we do each and every week. Each and every week? Each? Yeah, I don't even know. We're going to take a look at some newsworthy topics. We're going to look at a Thursday night football game. We'll give you a little bit of a preview of that. We're going to give you Fox's Game of the Week. Fantasy Football Start and Sit, my week five best bets. And then, of course, we'll end the show with the movie corner. As always, I'm joined by my partner here who has dealt with me for the last 10 minutes trying not to break a website or my computer, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? I mean, I consider it success as far as I can tell you didn't actually break anything. So that's good news, right? We are able to podcast. So that's a, that's I think that's a huge plus, right? You know what I mean? We're not not podcasting. So, you know, that's that's a plus in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even know. Like, I just... We're here. You know what I mean? And it's been a whirlwind of a NFL season, I think, to, to, to say the least. We've seen some crazy uh, teams. I don't think that I would have projected that we'd be sitting here in week five and the New York Giants would be three and one. I don't think anybody believed that would happen because, you know, it shouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, it, otherwise, I, I would say this. At the same time, some of the stuff has been pretty much as expected in some aspects. Some teams are just oddly better in some elements of football. Like, you know, the Seahawks are playing a lot better football than I thought they would. The Lions are playing about ex- as we expected. I just didn't expect them to be the number one rated offense in football and the 32nd ranked defense in football at the same time. Um, last week was really – kind of a balanced aspect of football. You know what I mean? It was weird to see the Seahawks put up 48 points. Zach Wilson's back, which, I mean, if you would have listened to me last week, you would have known that was going to happen. Um, It's, you know, the Packers almost got zapped. You know what I mean? They almost got zapped. And then, of course, you know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and did Patrick Mahomes things like I said he thought he – like I thought he thought he would. But, Fox, we've got some big news, obviously, heading into the weekend. Um, I mean, some, one of them's big news. The other one, maybe it's not so big. Not much is a surprise to anybody, but Tua is out for week five. Um, I, I can imagine that he's going to be out for maybe a little bit longer than that, but he's been at least announced out for week five, even though he should have probably been out for week four as well. But here we are. Um, with that being said, Fox, what are your initial thoughts on this? 
I don't. I'm with you. They had no other choice. If if they would have tried to roll them out this week, there would have been anarchy. I think the only one surprised he's ruled out this week is the former independent neurologist that worked on his case in week three. Um, I'm with you. I think he could be out for a couple of weeks, and for a Dolphins team that was building some momentum, probably not a great sign. No, not at all. Because I mean, you know, no matter what I had to say about. Tua, like he was getting the job done with that offense and um, teams are less likely to be scared of Teddy Bridgewater than they are Tua and and for a team that's sitting at three and one you know what I mean you could see the difference in that offense once Teddy joined you know got into that game and and it really does affect their superstars and how this is going to lay out over the next couple of weeks fantasy wise what's your outlook let's just say Tua is out three or four weeks how do you feel about Waddle and Hill uh, you know, last week I, w- I would have said I thought Waddle would fare better with uh, Bridgewater, but he did look like he was looking deep when he came in. I still think Waddle is probably better. I think Waddle and Hill will both end up okay because um, they'll scheme for them. It's not a particularly daunting defensive matchup in um, the Jets this week, but um, – you know, it's going to be interesting to see the comment that was made last week that I thought was interesting is the Dolphins would have been better served having a left-handed backup because it looked like a lot of their protection plans were designed for somebody who's left-handed. So I wonder if they will get some correcting for that this week. Uh, a lot of what we saw last year with Bridgewater is the tight end and backs benefited. So just about the time you're out on Mike Kosecki, which I still am, it might turn out badly. Um, I don't. I don't know. It would. The real problem, probably for Miami too, is they haven't gotten a consistent running game going, which has been kind of a surprise with Mike McDaniel, and that is something that's probably going to be more glaring as an issue now, turning over quarterbacks. Yeah, it's it's definitely been interesting. I'm. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I guess you, you could say, you know what I mean? Like, it's been a whirlwind of just confusion of how things are working. I, I thought they a little bit were overachieved the first three weeks of the season as well. I feel like, you know, they should have, they, they won some games they shouldn't have. I mean, I really feel like the Ravens and the Bills game, they should have lost both of those games. I don't understand how you give up those big point leads. And, and the Bills just played absolutely terrible. But obviously, you know, to, to speak about the biggest news of the week, obviously, Cole Beasley retiring. I, I don't, Wide receiver one for the Bucks. Um, I just I'm not sure how to handle it. And uh, Fox, what do you think? I was mildly surprised because it took him a while to latch on. But when he latched mm-hmm. on with Tampa, you know that first week he got signed to the practice squad. I had told you I thought there was zero chance he was getting called up, and he not only got called up, he got targets. I don't know if he just sees the writing on the wall with all the receivers coming back and decided it wasn't worth it to him. But we're not talking about a guy that had a slow fade. Last year, he saw 112 targets, caught 82 passes, almost 700 yards. It was down from the numbers that he'd had yardage and touchdown-wise the year before, but it was the same number of receptions and more targets. It was a little bit of a surprise, but good for him if he feels like he's done and he doesn't like the opportunities out there. Good for him to go out on his terms. Yeah, that, and then, of course, you know, you have him, you know, talking about he wants to spend some time with his family, which – 
was kind of funny, you know, obviously the big news of the week that we're not going to dive too much deep into. And that's, you know, the, the announcement of Brady and, and potentially getting a divorce. You know, I mean, it's, it's pure speculation, which obviously that never divorce is never good. But I just thought it was kind of funny how it was worded. You know what I mean? Like and then like, you know, I'm, I'm sure Giselle was probably at home, like reading the tweet of like Colby's and retiring to spend time with my family. And she's probably like, see, Tom, see. But uh, I, but I will say this. If for some reason, if for some reason that 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 I uh, that um, Tom does potentially go through this, could you see him playing beyond this year now? Tom Brady, yes. I don't know. I think it's going to depend in part of how the season goes, um, and. You know, I'm with you. I'm waiting to see what happens with his family. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like that's the thing. I I I love Brady, and I just thought it, I thought it was terrible for him to come back this year. I think that no, he didn't. And he should have probably retired the year before that after they won the Super Bowl in Tampa. Like, I mean, I understand the will and stuff like that, whatever. But it just wasn't something that I feel like he should have returned. And this team this year is not as good, and we've seen that. And I, I mean, I'm sure they're going to win the division because the division sucks. So yeah. The big matchup of the week this week on Thursday Night Football, we're going to break it down for you guys, is the Indianapolis Colts, who are 1-2-1 and one after com- coming off a loss to the Tennessee Titans, who are taking on the Denver Broncos, who are also coming off a loss, but their loss came at the hands of the Las Vegas Raiders, um, which made Fox probably want to jump off a cliff. But with that being said, um, the biggest news of the game right now, obviously, is going to be Jonathan Taylor is out for this week. Um, that's a big time playmaker gone from this offense, which is already struggling to do just about anything on the football field. I mean, they are just abysmal on offense this year. And I, if I recall, everything was Carson Wentz's fault. So with that being said, I mean, the moment Matt Ryan came in the door, they should have been scoring 30 points a game. So here we sit, Matt Ryan apparently sucks, which I mean, it's kind of been a surprise how much he struggled, but at the same time, this team's not struggles aren't just based on the run game. They have no weapons outside of Pittman, and Pittman's not. Pittman's good, but he's not that guy, in my opinion. He's not. I don't think he's that much of a playmaker that can change the the trajectory of a game. So, with that being said, it's it's been a struggle for them. Is anybody worth playing tonight for the Colts, Fox? You're probably still playing Pittman. Um, I noticed last week that Sertan didn't travel with Devontae Adams, which helped him to have a better day. If they don't travel him with Pittman, then Pittman could find some more favorable matchups. I think you have to play him anyway. And I think Naheim Hines as a flex option, um, if for nothing else than getting some dump-off passes. But I'm not real bullish on their team. Matt Ryan has scared me off the last couple of weeks. There's not enough consistency among the like 97 tight ends and wide receiver sixes that they employ for you to feel good about that or any, anyone else. Um, you know, losing Jonathan Taylor, uh, is good for me is bad for them. Yeah. It's crazy. The, the, the five touchdown passes that, that Matt Ryan has thrown to is gone to Mo Ali Cox has got two of them. And then of course, uh, Jelani Woods has the other two. And of course, Pittman has one, but it's just, it's a disaster. It's, it's truly a disaster of a team. Like if, if, if Matt Ryan's got 12 touchdown passes and he's throwing to random touchdowns to tight ends, 
whatever that happens. Look at Patrick Mahomes. That's that said, but you have five touchdown passes in the season and, and you have two touchdowns from tight ends that, you know, first off on the fantasy side of things, nobody's starting, nobody's starting, you know what I mean? Or I'm sure. Somebody, should they be starting? Be. I'm sure somebody probably started Cox this week. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. or was it? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's abysmal, but on the flip side of things, the Broncos also in running back trouble, losing losing their second. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Before you jump off the jump, their best running back on the field, Javante Williams. Um, it, it hurt especially after watching Gordon do what Gordon is 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 definitely known for now. I feel like especially just being around you, it's funny. It's funny, but obviously as a Broncos fan, it's not very funny type of thing. And this is one of those things that you were worried about with Gordon coming back is his fumbling issues. He does have – it seems like he just does it at the worst time possible. Like, he'll go three quarters of football, not fumble the ball once, but when they need a touchdown or they're 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 getting ready to score, it happens. Like, it just – it happens. And uh, Javante Williams is out for the year toward the ACL. That's going to be rough. It'll be rough for him to turn around coming back next year. I'm sure he'll be fine, whatever. It's crazy how things happen now, but – what are your thoughts? Boone came in, kind of carried the load, which was interesting to see. You know, my, maybe they finally had enough of Gordon. But just when they have enough of Gordon, Williams gets hurt. So are you trusting Melvin Gordon, personal feelings aside? So I think tonight he'll he'll be trying to make amends. Um, he seemed very emotional uh, after the game. And I know a lot of people have pointed out his career fumble rate. That's all well and good, but you have to look at the player in the current stretch. And in the current stretch, he has had three fumbles returned for touchdowns in the last 12 games. We're talking about last year and this year. And in this year, he had he's had five fumbles in his last five games. The problem is right now, and sometimes it can be as much mental as it is a skills thing. It was literally after an entire week of talking about how he put the ball on the ground twice the game before, his very first touch in the game, he fumbled and had it returned for a touchdown. That's got to eat at you mentally. I think you got to put him out there tonight, but he's probably one more bad fumble away from it being the Mike Boone, Latavius Murray show. I think the fact they went and got somebody speaks volumes. There's been a lot of calls for him to be released here in Denver. I I don't think that's going to happen, but he's also not a player that has a lot of job security. It took forever for him to sign. He signed a medium money one-year deal uh, to come back to Denver because they decided they wouldn't find a better option to back up Javante in the draft it's you know in dynasty formats i'm not feeling great if i've got melvin gordon um but i the rest of denver's offense it troubles me that russell wilson hurt his throwing shoulder but i was encouraged last week despite the loss they got uh judy and sutton going Cortland sutton's actually wide receiver 11 on the season he's been there he's catching everything. I was encouraged to see Judy actually get off the stick. KJ Hamler caught it, caught a deep pass. So if they can get that passing game going, and I think Melvin Gordon will be motivated tonight. They're at home. They play better at home. Um, but if Gordon has any kind of stumble, the hometown fans are also incredibly brutal. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it uh, going well for him. Who do you got tonight? Uh, I'm taking Denver. Two. Yeah. A sadder matchup than we thought it was going to be four weeks ago. <laughs> right. This was a, you kind of circled this one. I was like, man, this is going to be a good Thursday night football game for us to watch. And then here we are. <laughs> JK. <laughs> the third ever 11 to 10 game in the NFL. 
Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I just want to let everybody know uh, about the barn burner that's next Thursday's game, and that's the Commanders versus the Bears. So um, I, Amazon got shafted, I believe, because no matter how you look at that one, that was never going to be a good football game. I just, I don't, I don't even know. Their next good, and the week after that, you have uh, Saints versus Cardinals, which is uh, a game. Shoot. Week eight though is Ravens versus uh, versus the Bucks, so that that'll be when we're back into the promised land. But with that being Maybe, said, I mean the, the Buccaneers offense hasn't been robust. Either. Wow, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but nothing better to bring revive the Bucks offense than that Ravens defense, right? Um, with that being said, we're going to transition. Oh, I'm picking the Colts tonight. Uh, with that being said, we're going to transition over to the Matt's games of the week. I like how you just buried that hurtful comment, you know, right down at the end. Uh, we have another London game this week, uh, Giants-Packers, which uh, is actually surprisingly a battle of two, three, and one teams. You're welcome. Uh, the Sunday early game I'm highlighting is a pair of one and three teams, the Detroit Lions, who, as Ricky mentioned, have the league's best offense going in to face the one and three New England Patriots, who are always feisty despite the fact that they have one of three options that could be starting at quarterback. Mac Jones wants to agitate to play, which seems unfathomable. Uh, Brian Hoyer supposedly re- recovering from a concussion wants to play, or you could get Bailey Zappi. Either way, I am looking forward to seeing the Detroit Lions offense at work, although we're probably not seeing DeAndre Swift or Amon Ross St. Brown, which is a real blow two weeks in a row. Uh, the Sunday late game uh, window that I like, the 3-1 and one Cowboys um, battling the 2-2 two and two Rams. The Rams have not looked like themselves. They have struggled on offense. Meanwhile, the Cowboys look like world beaters with uh, with Rojo Lightning. Uh Cooper Rush. It looks like Rush is going to play yet another week. I think it was always a long shot that Dak would be back. I'm curious to see if Rush can move to 4-0 and as a starter this year and really create a little bit of drama going into Eagles week for the Cowboys. Sunday night game, everyone uh, at the top of the AFC North is 2-2. The Bengals are 2-2. The Browns are 2-2. The Ravens are 2-2. Two, two of those teams battle on Sunday night football. Somebody is going to definitively get to three wins. Uh, as Joe Burrow and company, they've won two straight heading in there. Lamar Jackson has been pretty good this season as long as he's not facing the AFC East. Their losses to the Dolphins and the Bills. Uh, that should be a pretty exciting one. Then for my upset special, I'm actually going to the AFC East. There are actually a lot of teams that are considered underdogs this week that I have no uh, no understanding why the Lions are considered I believe five and a half point underdogs going into New England, which made me laugh a lot. Um, But the upset that I'm going for, the Dolphins are three and a half point favorites on the road with Teddy Bridgewater against the Jets. I actually thought the Jets played pretty well. I liked what I saw from Zach Wilson. I think they have some spark and some energy. I'm taking the two and two Jets to go to three and two and take out Teddy Bridgewater. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you why more I love it in a little bit, obviously, when I talk about my bets from last week. it's The Lions line is actually down to three and a half, which I first saw it, which I was kind of blown I away. I still don't understand how yeah, New England offense that – I get three points. I even get three points. I get it. But, honestly, the way they played uh, with the off – like, it doesn't – like, even at home, like, you get three points at home, no matter what. You're getting three points. But the way this offense has looked, I don't see how this is not – this should be Patriots minus one. Like that's where I feel like the line should be Patriots minus one or even pick them. You know what I mean? Even if you want to pick, but three and a half is a lot of points for the, a team. The other should... one that I considered is um, 
Seahawks are minus five and a half wow. going into don't, New Orleans. Don't get me started on that one because I'll be talking about that one in a little bit. But yeah, I agree with you 100% there. And um, there's some interesting spreads this week that I really like. I really dug deep. I actually have, I think, six or seven plays that I like this week versus last week. I only, I've been only doing four each week, but we're going to transition into our start sit. We're raising the roof here, baby, because we're going to go into our start and sit segment that we do each and every week. It's been quite an interesting year for fantasy football because I feel like I don't ever know, you know, what to do or what not to do. I feel like some of my teams are overperforming at times and then other teams I'm just scoring 170 and losing. You know what I mean? Like you're doing the right things. You're checking the right boxes. But at the end of the day, something right's not happening. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to kick us off this week. Um, for my starts of the week, I've got a couple of strange ones. Obviously, it's it's weird to talk about this guy as a must start just because of who he is. But um, you know, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers this week. You know what I mean? He's he's you know you know he's been in that bottom tier, but I think he's kind of found his rhythm with his wide receivers. And with that happening, I feel like we're getting closer and closer to seeing more of the Aaron Rodgers used to. He's got double digit touchdown passes in three straight games now. Uh, ever since opening the season with that goose egg against the Minnesota Vikings. I think it's Matt. I think it's going to be Najee Harris week. Um, I like him this week. I think that Kenny Pickett. Um, I know everybody's pointing at the big uh, interception total that he had for the game, but if you actually watch football, then you would realize that all of those interceptions weren't exactly on him either. I think there was two tip balls, and then I think one of them was the end of the end, end of the game, hell mary into the end zone type of thing. So I, you, if you watch football, you watch the game, you knew those weren't all on him, but he sparked that offense, and I think that. They're going to be playing from behind, so I could see some dump-off passes there. It's crazy enough that I actually have two Steelers in this. I like Patty Franchise to find the end zone this week. Um, I think he's going to score a touchdown. I like that a lot, so that obviously propels him there. And then my wide receiver starts, Chris Olive. I like him. What he's done with that offense is pretty pretty nice. I just wish that they get the quarterback situation started. I think that's one thing that I want to talk about maybe next week or the week after um, I want Fox and I to kind of dissect the quarterback situation because there's a lot of dialogue that we could have about the quarterbacks and who's going to be looking for quarterbacks next year because I think that list is going to be massive heading into this offseason. There's going to be a lot of holes in a lot of different places. Uh, that's what she said. And then, of course, that is it for mine, and I will throw it in there to you, Mr. Fox. What about your starts for the week? Uh, so my start uh, at quarterback, I'm going with Jared Goff. Um, we've mentioned it before. The Lions have the number one offense. Goff is actually QB5 on the season. And while I know you'd be tempted to think all of that is a credit to Amon Ross St. Brown, he wasn't there last week. The Lions still put up 30-something points. He's using Josh Reynolds. He's using TJ Hawkinson. He'd use your mother if he, she was out there. Jared Goff is slinging it, and I'm not afraid of this Patriots defense. My running back start of the week is Damon Pierce. He is uh, top 14 for the year, but if you fast forward and looked at only weeks two through four when he kind of established week one, nobody knows what Lovey Smith is doing. But from week two on, Damon Pierce is running back eight in PPR. Um, he's he's getting the ball, and he's making the most of it. My wide receiver start is T. Higgins. Um, we have seen uh, the Ravens' pass defense is not incredible. Um Maybe they get Jamar Chase going, but they have definitely Burrow has had a much better connection with Higgins. He's been getting him going all season long. I think Higgins is not getting enough credit uh, as people still have Jamar Chase up there top three. I like Jamar Chase's talent. He's also getting bracket coverage, and that's done wonderful things for Higgins. My tight end start, 
tight end is a tough position. I'm going with Tyler Higby. Higby's been consistently getting targets and catches. That Rams offense has been borderline dysfunctional. They forgot that Allen Robinson lives and is on their team. I don't want any piece of their running back. The only other person beside Cooper Cup that's having a consistent role is Tyler Higby. Yeah, it's crazy to see that um, it was very easy to write him off. But I think a lot of things that I always look back at that team is, is like with Jared Everett there, there was kind of like a mixed bag of tight end goods there. With Everett gone, Higby's been able to be that focus. And he seems to be the number two option right now, which is wild to think about. But he is right now. And it's it's just how that offense is running. And it, I thought Allen Robertson retired. I, I You just mentioned it. I thought he retired. I literally – Blown away by the the how they're not able to get him involved in that offense. I, I, I thought that died. was part I mean, of it. I thought Sean McVay was smarter than that. Honestly, I, I I've kind of blown well, away. By- it was interesting. Sean McVay did come out and address that and said it's not Allen Robinson's fault. Which anyone who's watched the highlights, whenever you see Allen Robinson in a play, it's like Matthew Stafford flinging a hope and a prayer into double coverage. <laughs> There's something about how they're trying to run passes just not working. <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed that every time I see Allen Robinson getting targeted on my screen, it's it's some random end zone pass that went into the stands instead of anywhere near Robinson. Um, with that being said, transitioning over to my sits of the week, uh, my quarterback sit is actually for tonight's matchup. I, I'm going to sit Russell Wilson. Um, I, I don't love the matchup. I, I just feel like I, I you mentioned it earlier, uh, uh, jokingly, but you know this this has all the feel of a a ten to seven ball game or you know 13 to 6 or like you said even maybe another 11 to 10 football game but uh, I don't love the matchup there tonight Mr. Hines um, Mr. Hines catch up I don't like to play tonight Um, I think that Jackson's going to be a little bit more involved in PPR leagues he might have you know four or five catches which is kind of fruitful there but I'm just not starting him I, I don't like Thursday night matchups every time I try to start everybody but Thursday night people because I feel like I'm always let down by what happens and then, of course, my wide receiver sit of the week is Mr. Waddle. I think just Teddy sucks. So that's literally my only note. No other notes. Teddy sucks. And until I start seeing some more fruitful, you know, passing out of that offense, I tell you what, I agree with you. This Jets team, man, there's just something about the way they're playing that if you if this team played that Steelers game last year, I think they lose that game 100%. There's no way they come back and win that game. You know what I mean? And and their defense stepped up. And what I love what Salah's doing. And Zach – Wilson, baby. I mean, you can't go wrong with. I don't even really like Zach Wilson, but here we are talking about Zach Wilson again, and I'll talk about him in a few minutes. But yeah, that's all I've got for that. What do you got for your sits? Uh, so my first sit uh, quarterback is um, Matthew Stafford. Um, I loved what he did last year. I love the potential. He's quarterback twenty-five right now. They just cannot figure out how to get that offense going, and until they do, I'm staying away. My running back sit, uh, James Conner. Uh, if he gets you a touchdown, you end up okay. If not, the the volume and the production just isn't there. Last year, you know, I think his numbers were made to look a lot better because he had like 18 touchdowns. He's just not getting that this year, and that's really hampering um, what he's trying to do. Uh, my wide receiver sit, and this one hurts, is DJ Moore. Baker Mayfield is horrendous. The offense is horrendous. DJ Moore is wide receiver 50 freaking one on the year. Nelson Aguilar is higher in first season scoring. If I keep going up, Zay Jones is higher in season scoring. Greg Dortch, who Arizona decided they don't even need to play anymore, 
is still higher after essentially having a, a non-game in week four. DJ Moore is a great name, is a great talent, does not have any kind of a consistent role. And then my tight end said, I'm going to the Dolphins. It makes me a little nervous because Teddy B is back there. But Mike Gusecki, he's had two games where he saw four targets, and he's seen two games where he saw one target. He has seen 10 targets total all year. He has only caught eight passes for 71 yards and a touchdown, and it was one single game where he caught four for 41 and a touchdown. So over three games, he's caught four passes for 30 yards. That is, even in an abysmal tight end landscape, tight end 27, that it's just not good. He's averaging just about five points a game, and that's with having one fantastic game. He is a complete stay away for me right now. I hate the tight end position. Like it, it's oh, every year we talk about how miserable miserable it is, and it's like it's. I feel like it gets worse and worse every year. It's it's crazy because even the even the top dogs, you know what I mean? Like you know, even the top dogs are struggling outside of Kelsey. You know, because Kelsey, I mean Kelsey's Kelsey. You know what I'm saying? But what is it? Waller's not having the, the kind of this, not having a great season. Um, he's been up and down, but at least he's tied in twelve. He's averaging about ten points a game. Pitts has not been great. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what they're doing up there with that offense, but it's been a brutal year. Gerald Everett, though, baby. Go Gerald Everett. I love Gerald Everett. Um, he's been incredible this year. It's crazy to me that how good he's been, but I kind of felt like that he would be that blanket there for Mr. Herbie. But uh, with that being said, let's go over to my bets of the week so Matthew Fox can judge me. Folks, I came this close. This close, this close, this close, this close to going 4-0 back-to-back weeks. And then, of course, the, the Rams, who do not know how to score touchdowns, showed up on Monday Night Football and cost me a fantastic week. Uh, I went 3-1 on the week. I'm 9-4-1 on the season on my plays on this show, which is pretty damn good if you ask me. But with that being said, last week, the Jets, 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 Jets. I talked about them on this show. I said they would cover, and I said I sprinkled some on the money line, and they did exactly what I said they would do. Don't get me wrong. It scared me towards the end. I won't lie. I was terrified. But they did what needed to be done. The Chiefs money line, I I said that they were going to manhandle the Bucks. I didn't think that this was going to be close, and it wasn't close at all. And the Titans did what they've done all year in the first half, and they won the first half against the Colts. Obviously, they ended up winning the game. I don't really care. I was hoping they would lose. But the first half, they took care of business. They did what I needed them to do. And, of course, fuck the Rams. So 9-4-1 on the season. This week, I have a loaded, loaded slate for you. I've got quite a few games and matchups and bets that I like. First, kicking it off, I'm going to go the Steelers over one and a half touchdowns against the Buffalo Bills. I like what Kenny Pickett did with this offense. He kind of breathed a different light, um, and it really kind of helped motivate this offense to move down the football field. And then everybody's like, oh, it's the Jets. Well, the Jets have been playing some pretty good defense. You know what I mean? And I feel like when he came into the game, it kind of sparked a little bit, and I think that spark will kind of continue this week. I think the Bills probably win this game by two two touchdowns easily, but I do feel like the Steelers are going to find the end zone with no questions. Mother game of the week, we go over to London. I like Aaron Rodgers over one and a half touchdown passes this week against the Giants. He's done it in three straight games after passing for zero in week one. He's finding a rhythm with receivers, even though like Dobbs dropping a deep bomb. He's still going back to these guys, and Rodgers of two years ago would have had Dobbs 
probably at Walmart right now packing groceries for the amount of drops that he's seen. But he knows that he's got to get some of these guys going. I like him over two touchdown passes this week. Speaking of two touchdown passes, I like Trevor Lawrence over one and a half touchdown passes against the Texans. Even as ugly as he as that game was last week, he still had two touchdown passes. I like the Jags to bounce back in a big way. This Texans team is god awful. Like it's they're worse than I I ever thought they could be. And the Davis Mills experiment is like on the verge of just shutting the door forever. The guy's terrible. Like I, I knew he was terrible. Everybody's like, oh, he's the best quarterback last year. He looked fine. Whatever. Blah 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 blah. blah. Whatever. This next one, I I. I might get a, a strength. Well, actually, go back to the actually go back to the Packers game first. I like Romeo Dobbs over 18 and a half uh, yards for his longest reception. Right, his longest reception of the game over 18 and a half yards, and I'll tell you why. I like this for he's hit that in three of his first games. Um, last week he snagged one for 18, so he just came short. But the Giants have thrown have given up 12 different receivers have catches of over 19 yards through four weeks. 12 different receivers that have catches over. Uh, 19 yards through the first four weeks of the season. This is a no-brainer for me. Smash it and let it ride. My one that I'm very cautiously optimistic about sharing this week, I have um, the the Cardinals have failed to cover the spread at home in seven straight games. However, I like that streak to come to an end. I like the Cardinals plus seven this week. I think the game is going to be a little bit closer than people expect. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals win this game. I know that's crazy to say. Eagles traveling cross country. I don't love it. Obviously, uh, the Cardinals are one of those we- – we're a weird team to watch each week. Like, they play one half of football really good, and the other half they just don't show up. Um, they struggled against the Panthers until they didn't anymore. I like the Cardinals to cover that plus seven. But my stone-cold lock of the week, stone-cold lock of the week, is going to be at be the Seattle Seahawks, who I agree with you 1,672%. I don't understand this spread. I don't understand this spread at all. You're talking about one of the highest scoring offense. Like Geno Smith is playing football right now, and the Saints are not that good. The Saints are one and three. I'm, they're playing at home. I think that the dome-like atmosphere favors the Seahawks because of how fast they can be on the football field, right? You know what I mean? Geno Smith is Geno Smith, but you got to remember, they still have some weapons on the team. Lockett, Metcalf. They have 90 different tight ends that are actually, you know, semi-decent. You know what I mean? So with that being said, it's it's crazy to me that they are five and a half point dogs on the road uh, to the Saints. I like it. I'm flexing it just a little bit to plus seven, but I like the Seahawks plus seven. So a quick recap for you, those of you at home, Cardinals plus seven, Steelers over one and a half touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers over one and a half touchdown passes, Trevor Lawrence over one and a half touchdown passes, Romeo Dobbs longest reception over 18 and a half yards, and the Seahawks plus seven. That's my six plays of the week. So let's go six and zero this weekend. Fox, I want your thoughts right away. What do we got? Um, I took the Seahawks. I took the Eagles minus five and a half in the spread that I saw. I think there's no chance the Cardinals win that game. I, I don't, you know. I, I just I just I don't know what it is. I, I just feel like there's a letdown week coming for the Eagles, and I think I'm just gonna bet on it until it until it doesn't. Probably be, <laughs> it'll probably be against Cooper Rush, but it's definitely not gonna be against an offense that can find its butt with a flashlight and two. I don't hands. know, man. I just I just I don't know what it is. I like I like the card. I don't like the Cardinals to win. I don't think the Cardinals win. I mean, the Cardinals were down 10-3 in the first half against the Panthers. I know. That's what I'm saying. They played one good half really well. So yeah, I, I just didn't get it within seven points. <laughs> I saw somebody say that the, the loser should have had to have uh, – the, their coach should have been fired after the game. That's what Probably. the game should have been. 
But well, I, I don't know. I like I like the Cardinals this week a little bit more than most people do, and that's fine. I know it's crazy, but um, I like I said, I just need them to to be within a touchdown for my bet to hit. So, you know, I didn't love the plus five and a half. I like the plus seven. I like to flex the line a little bit there, but I like my bets this week. And there's a few other that I really liked, but I just was like, I need to calm down a little bit. I don't want to go too crazy on you guys just yet. But nine four one on this on the season. Let's go 6-0. And, oh. and with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. For those that just stick around for just the football portion of the podcast, we appreciate you guys for listening. We've, we've done some big things this year. Fox and I have a blast doing this each and every week. For those that are sticking around for the movie corner, let's get talking. We have an incredibly crazy week of stuff happening this weekend in the world of movies. Um, in theaters, we have Amsterdam, we have Lyle, Lyle Crocodile, and then we have Hellraiser dropping on Hulu, and then Midnight Club on Netflix. Um, I have seen two of these four. I could have saw Hellraiser. I just haven't had time to really watch it. Fox, of those four, do you have any interest in any of them? Um, I'm excited to see Amsterdam. Um, I like the trailer. I like the cast. Um, I like David Russell in the past. I'll probably go see Lyle Lyle Crocodile. I don't know what to make of Hellraiser. It's it got like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes when it launched. I was excited about the Midnight Club until I talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna watch all of them. But you've, you've dampened my enthusiasm. <laughs> I don't think anybody's watching this, but it, like we, it, it's it's been a chore to finish. Let me just say that it's been a chore to finish, like a chore. Like well, I legitimately just. I mean, so I thought his first, like his house on Haunted Hill, I liked quite a bit, but then I thought House on Bly Manor wasn't as great, and then Midnight Mass was incredible. So it might just be you know sometimes when you're following. A high, you bought them out. I uh, binge watch comes out probably in like twenty minutes. I looked at some Mike Flanagan things. Um, you know, I've liked him as a as a creator. Not everything's going to hit with every audience. No, that's the thing. I just it was, um, it's slow, and I don't mind slow because Midnight Mass is very slow. Like it's very slow, but it's slow and methodical. And and I thought the storytelling in that is just the Midnight it, or, um, Midnight Mass is literally. If I had to go through a list, it was probably it's probably one of my favorite series ever of Netflix that they produced. Like yeah. it's it's if you just go based off one season, it's downright incredible. It's one of my favorite series. It's one of the best series that they've ever produced. But. And maybe that's the problem with Midnight Club. I was so excited because it's like, it's Flanagan right after Midnight Mass. It's going to be a gem. And then it's like, ooh. And there's actually more like buzz around his project that comes out next year than, yep. than Midnight Mass. So, or, sorry, than Midnight Club. So, you know, fans of the genre, they get something, they can take it or leave it. Exactly. I totally agree. So with that being said, also a few things that I've watched this week, as some of you follow me on the Twitter, I have been covering the Nashville Film Festival at um, in Nashville, obviously. Duh. Um, there's some stuff that I've seen that I've really enjoyed. Um, I really like Nanny. I saw Nanny on uh, Tuesday. It's one of my favorite films. It propelled itself into my top 10 right now for 2022. Um 
Another one I watched was Relative. It's a documentary. Um, I will say this and say this about this. Um, do not watch this um, unless you plan on crying and being very upset and sad because it's one of the most gut-wrenching um, documentaries I've seen. Um, uh, let's see. I watched Follow Her, which was abysmal. Uh, Alta Valley was fine. Um, Spirit Halloween, I kind of talked about that last week. It's a terrible movie. Um this was dropped on Netflix this week randomly. I didn't even know it was coming out. The last scene alive with Gerard Butler. Uh, I watched it. Look, I'm going to sit here and say this. I like Gerard Butler, and I think that he's, I mean, he's a fun action star. You know what I mean? He's fun. I like, if he's in a movie, I'll watch it. I don't care if it's like directed DVD or whatever this was, because a lot of people don't know Gerard Butler's like a massive star overseas. So, like, people love Gerard Butler. So, that's why they pump out these movies in like Greenland, which actually was very underrated. Like, I don't, I'm, People don't talk about that movie enough because I really enjoyed it, but I liked it. I liked Gerard Butler. Like that's it. Like, is it a great movie? No, but did I have did I enjoy myself watching it? Yeah, I gave it two and a half stars. But it's uh, it's definitely a, an enjoyable movie. Um, what's coming out next weekend? Anything good? I don't remember. Halloween ends. Oh yeah, like so nothing's coming out next week. <laughs> Which uh, <laughs> programming? Werewolf by will... Night. Werewolf by Night came out today. Tomorrow. Tomorrow comes out tomorrow. But a programming note, we will be joining you Friday next week instead of Thursday. So we, I will have seen, ho hopefully, Halloween ends by then. I will probably have seen it, too, because I won't get – I get back Thursday night. I might watch it Friday morning. I don't know. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Well, yeah, see, Fox, look at that. Fox is perfect out here with the segue there talking about us. We will be on Friday. Um, I am on vacation as of tomorrow morning. I am going on a cruise and if I make it back, uh, I will be right here sitting with you guys next Friday. The present for you will be recapping Bears Commanders instead of previewing it. That is absolutely a, a pleasure because I just really hope the Commanders win because the Bears winning would make me want to just jump off a bridge. So um, that's one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it's I picked the Commanders over the Titans this week. That's another one of those games that's considered an upset for reasons surpassing understanding. The Titans being favorite two and a half on the road against the Commanders was interesting. That's it's I don't I the Commanders aren't as bad as people think they are, but they're not good. They're not really good either. Like they've played some good football. They just the Eagles are good. Like I pe people the Eagles are really really good, and I feel really comfortable about predicting them to win the division. Even though Cooper Rush might win, you know, Cooper Rush might go fifteen and or sorry sixteen and one. You know what I mean? Who knows? You know what I mean? I, I don't even know. But with that being said, make sure to follow Mr. Fox on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Follow myself at Ricky Blair underscore. Uh, follow the show, FF Happy Hour Pod. Um, actually, those of you watching right now, tonight at 5 Central, uh, Chris Clarkson and I will be going live with our sports betting show. I'll be breaking down some of those bets that I gave already, and he'll be sharing his. Uh, my boy Clarkson needs a bounce back week. He is 0-8 in his bets in the last two weeks. I feel sorry for my buddy. Um, we've done it. We've had a great run over on the Major League Baseball side of things. We finished the year over 100 games up on the season, which is pretty incredible when you really think about it. Um, but with that being said, head on over to the Music City Drive-In. You can check out all of the articles from whether it's movies, sports, TV. We're pumping them out each and every day. We appreciate you guys' time. And we'll see you guys next Friday. Next Friday. Please, God, Melvin, don't fumble. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.